0: Hey guys, welcome back to Pucks and Pages.
1: My name is Steven. That is my lovely wife, Liberty.
0: We're a married couple with different hobbies and we try to force them upon each other through the latest news in books and sports.
1: This week is my turn. It's all about them sports.
0: Not too much going on this week from what it looks like.
1: Yeah, pretty light week. So much so that we almost literally were like hunting down other things to talk about while we're on the episode because we have concerns that this
0: might be just a little short. Nothing's wrong with things being short, coming from the girl who's (laughs) 5'2". Correct. (laughs) But I thought we would start with the NFL this week. Oh, wow. Because they're in their regular season and having a little bit of trouble with the whole COVID thing from what I read.
1: Yeah, it it definitely is the sport that I have the most notes for and mostly because of COVID. Yeah. Not shocked.
0: I don't have the most notes for them, so I don't know what you got that I didn't, but we'll find out. All the fun things, I guess. I wanted to start out with something that you brought to my attention a few days ago. Okay. Free agent wide receiver Antonio Brown and the Buccaneers have agreed to a one-year deal, and apparently it's just over the league minimum, but he has a chance to earn more through team and individual player incentives. So... So It's more around what was it like two million something he could earn if all the incentives come through or something. I will break
1: it down for you. So the base annual pay on is seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for the one year contract, being the league minimum that he qualifies for currently.
0: Yeah, and that's based off of years in league, right? Right, and
1: you got to take into consideration all the nonsense of the last couple years don't really count towards years because he didn't play right more than like a game or two for each team. Realistically, he has the capability of earning almost 2.5 million dollars that would require him to be the leading receiver on the team coming into the season where we are now on top of they'd also have to win the Super Bowl so the odds of him making 2.5 million dollars is pretty crappy but there's a chance this guy who has all these sexual assault allegations and couldn't figure out how to wear a helmet that was league regulated and allowed and throwing Issues and tiffs in locker rooms, and like the, the list goes on. This guy is just a relatively piece of trash as a human being an amazing he's athlete he's an amazing athlete but he causes chaos everywhere he goes so there was talks that he was going to end up in Seattle and then a possibility of being in uh, Miami which my GM was rooting for because he's a Dolphins fan uh, which is weird because it's like why do you want this toxic player in your
0: locker room right like, no it makes no sense to me he's just really dramatic and I don't understand why because yeah. like we've had this conversation when it originally happened what was it last year like yeah. just where are the freaking equipment what's wrong with you you're getting paid so much money and oh you don't like the helmet like go away
1: and then all the allegations came forward and that was the punishment that actually ended up being laid on him which didn't allow him to play all of last season and up until this current week in the regular season so
0: well as far as that goes From what I've read, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, if all goes to plan, he's eligible to play in week nine. Correct. I don't know what week we're on because that's a stupid way to measure your way through the season because football's weird.
1: Well, soccer uses match days, which is basically the same thing. So it's not that different. But anyways, yes. Yeah. I don't know what week we're on. We're in, I believe, week six or seven. See,
0: you don't even know. But he'll be eligible to play in week nine after he has served an eight-game suspension for multiple violations of league personal conduct policy. And he hasn't played since September of last year, correct? Right. So, like, that's a long off-year season.
1: So we are in week seven. I was right. I should have trusted my gut. But yeah, it's definitely him starting very late in the year and...
0: And quitting very early last year because yeah. he didn't really have a choice.
1: He was fired and terminated from the two locations that he was in. So yeah. yeah. But needless to say, that was kind of where I figured you would start with the NFL news just because it's really the biggest news of the week, realistically, out well, of most of the sports world. So
0: And a lot of people are saying he's pairing back up with who, Tom Brady? Is that right? So there's a lot of talk right now about them coming back together to work together and maybe they'll do something for the team. But I'm like, they don't have a great record as far as I remember for the season. So like, maybe it'll all come together for them. But you are in week nine in a league that doesn't have a lot of games. Right. So who even knows?
1: Yeah, the the Tom Brady reunion tour, Well, I should say the NFL reunion tour with Tom Brady's Basically, seems to continue every week. There's always somebody that's being added on somewhere else. But the Buccaneers actually are leading the NFC South. They're four and two. So. Oh, okay. I'm not shocked to see them adding more offensive prowess to the organization. I'm just wondering, like, if Antonio Brown is in the right kind of shape. But obviously he must be if they're signing him to a contract in some kind of good shape. I think um, the
0: reason that I thought they weren't doing well is because as far as league standing goes, they're tied with a bunch of others who are also 4-2. And, and then you have the ones who are 5-1 and one or 5-0, and oh, so.
1: Right. Yeah, they, they're playing in... The NFC South, which this year has been a little wishy-washy. It's by no means the NFC East, which is taking that flag for the worst division in football again and running with it, just yeah. like last year. But at the same time, you know, just the additions that the Bucks have made since last year, they were a bottom of the division team last year and they're leading the division pretty comfortably um they're one game up on the saints and the saints have been injury prone this year and i honestly think that has a lot to do with it as well as drew Brees really hasn't been the drew Brees of the past where it's just like you know you're the number one quarterback or number three quarterback in the nfl in that range so i think that's where the struggle is really holding the nfc south back necessarily so but I'm enjoying the additions of most of the players. I think Antonio Brown is one that I'm not going to enjoy too much. I really like that they brought back Gronkowski and Fournette and Mike Evans and all these guys that have been like, like they're not at the end of their career, but probably within the next two or three years, I think the only one not in that case might be Tom Brady or Mike Evans. Mike Evans is still pretty young, but he's been playing really, really well down in Tampa Bay, so I don't know.
0: All I know is you just said a whole list of people and I didn't know who any of them were. So there we are.
1: So Gronkowski retired early, which was a shocker because he's not really been injury prone. Two seasons ago, he became very outspoken about the use of CBD. Like he... Oh, okay. He's also known for when the Patriots win a Super Bowl, kind of going crazy and partying to a level that like...
0: And enjoying some fun or different sides of that same thing.
1: Yeah, that kids in college would be impressed by like Uh Gronkowski's level of partying so I'm not shocked but it's good to see everybody kind of coming back I don't like Antonio Brown coming back I think that's the moral of the story
0: I don't know I think Tom Brady's the only name I know out of all the people Yeah. but who knows I just don't want that kind of stuff in my locker room for my teams in sports that I follow like, I couldn't imagine having someone that toxic in the Penguins' locker room. Like, that would get squashed so fast. Yep. Or he'd get punched in the face.
1: Well, it's hockey, of course. That's the solution to everything in hockey.
0: No. That is that is a whole thing that people think about hockey, and we're not going to go <laughs> into that because it'll just make me mad. Yep. But the Las Vegas Raiders... And the New Orleans Saints have had no new positive tests during Friday's round of COVID testing.
1: And their owners and coaches are like, praise hands.
0: Finally. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it seems like from what I read, some teams are getting better. Some are getting worse. I know the Buffalo Bills tight end Dawson Knox tested positive for COVID, so he's been put on the reserve list on Saturday.
1: Before you leave that subject, because I do have more notes on that, I don't know if you do.
0: For Buffalo? Yeah. I was about to say something else.
1: All right, continue then.
0: And then because he tested positive, they did contact tracing for who he's been in contact with. And they determined that tight ends Lee Smith, Tommy Sweeney, and a practice squad tight end Nate Becker have all had close contact with him. So they are also being put on this list and not allowed to practice with the team.
1: Yeah, their tests both came back negative, but they have to have a double test. uh, Double negatives. yeah. Yeah. Across three days to be able to partake in the team. So it's just like, Boy, don't you wish you didn't practice all your tight ends together in close proximity because you might have actually had somebody that you could play this week in tight end. Well,
0: aren't they the team that has like a 50-whatever-person roster or whatever?
1: No, that's the 49ers that got hurt the most.
0: I thought they had 49.
1: Yeah. Awful pun. Anyways, we'll continue down the list. Also this week, Washington football team fined Dwayne Haskins for breaking COVID-19 protocols. He reserved a room uh, during week six's game against the Giants for a family friend at the same team hotel that they were staying at. Uh, uh,
0: is it a friend with air quotes around it? I
1: don't know. It's a family friend is what they stated. And okay. that's about the information they gave. He could have been fined up by to the maximum level by the NFL for $14,650. The organization and the NFL decided only to find him $4,833 because he didn't actually come in contact with the family friend. The family friend was just there at the same time as they were. And it's like, why would you even do that? That's a little
0: like, shady. Like, this sounds weird. Yeah.
1: But yeah, that was a weird one that I I found. But because he didn't actually come in contact with said person, they did what they did, I guess.
0: That's real weird.
1: Yeah. And then speaking of Saints, also this week had Emmanuel Sanders test positive for COVID-19. That's where all the Saints testing came from, more or less, the freak out in the Saints organization. Um, they tested 20 other individuals that were part of the same practice squad, so like coaches and players, and all the tests came back negative. They had their second set of double negative tests yesterday, so the risk is basically they're saying it's no more. Yeah. yeah. Everybody should be able to play this week other than Emmanuel Sanders, so.
0: I just feel like if any league is going to fall apart due to COVID... Now that we know we're almost done with baseball, because that was my thing running through, is I thought baseball was going to fall apart. Now I think the NFL is going to fall apart due to COVID.
1: Yeah, the MLB definitely had their hiccups, but they when they when they had the hiccup, they were like, whoa, yeah. and they closed it down real quick, Like and if I think they, they handled it well.
0: If they hadn't handled it the way they did, they yeah. would have been done yeah. for the season. Right.
1: Um, they definitely stepped up the level of restrictions that they put on these guys very very quickly whenever there was a breakout it was immediately like okay who has this person been in contact with i think the nfl's tracing system is better because they're all wearing those bands so they have gps trackers in them they know how close they are to certain people so like they're able to go this person was next to this person this many times clearly we need to double test this person but i think that system is a little bit better in the nfl but there are a lot more players on our roster in the nfl than there are in the MLB so like if they didn't have that they would be completely screwed I feel like it would be like a COVID wildfire in the NFL right now so Uh, at least some of the things in place are kind of helping control it a little bit but the Titans were also fined $350,000 by the NFL that came out uh, early this morning that they announced that for COVID violations they weren't Penalized any draft picks or anything like that uh, because once they realized that these violations were occurring the titans got it under wraps really quickly uh, and they were able to contact trace accordingly so uh, obviously that happened about two weeks ago when the titans really started to have their covid outbreak i think it ended up being like what like six or seven players something like that in their roster it was was pretty crazy i want to say it was roughly around that number yeah That's all the COVID news though I have for the NFL. I don't know if you have any other COVID news. I know there was more of it. I just didn't really write much of it down.
0: It was really COVID heavy and it just, it's hard to consider this news, but it's also impossible to move forward not discussing it because it's affecting players and also it's affecting money because people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. But at the same time, it's like, I know everyone's sick and tired of COVID and- I'm especially tired reading about this player had COVID. This player didn't have COVID. They had their double negative test. So they can play. They can't play. It's just yeah. It gets old, I guess.
1: Well, I have other not COVID news. I guess we can go through in the NFL. The Falcons announced this week they will not trade any key tenure players before the trade deadline for the NFL this season. They got off to one of their worst starts. They were 0 and 5, and then fired both their GM and their head coach. Yeah. Right now we have an interim coach and an interim GM, but the ownership organization is like, listen, our key players aren't going anywhere. He named the two big ones, which are Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, which were the big talks of the town for the trades because there's teams out there that right now could use a quarterback like Matt Ryan or a wide receiver like Julio Jones. So um, I'm sure they've been contacted a lot, but they're like, listen, we're not trading them away. Like We know that they are still the future of our organization and we need to build around them and not trade them away because we're just having a rough start, uh, which I think is smart. You know, you don't want to trade away the guys that really can make a difference for your team before the trade deadline. And then also the Cardinals reacquire Marcus Golden from the Giants. The Giants, in return, receive a 2021 six-round pick. Uh, Marcus Golden was their leading sack-based and tackle defenseman a couple years back with uh, the Arizona Cardinals. And in turn, uh, they're like, hey, we know you're not doing really well over there. We're going to trade for you to come back to us. It seemed like he did better with the defensive styles of the defensive coordinator in Arizona than he did uh, with the Jets. I'm sorry, with the Giants. We'll correct that. The Ravens acquire Yannick. I'm going to butcher this last name. Uh, Nagaku. Uh, Nagatku i, I Sorry, That sounds wrong.
0: real wrong and real offensive. Yep,
1: I'm sorry for that. What team? For the Ravens, they acquired him from the Vikings. Yannick is the first name. We'll go with that. The Vikings received basically a 2021 third round draft pick and a conditional 2022 fifth round pick. Just picks for players, it seems right now.
0: You know, I don't like those trades.
1: Yeah, Aaron Lynch, who played the last two seasons with the Bears is coming out of retirement to rejoin the Jaguars this season. He signed a one-year contract with them in May, took retirement in August, stating for personal reasons was the reason he was going to retire early. But he decided to come back and play with the Jaguars. He was kind of one of those guys with the Bears defense where he would come up clutch. Like He wasn't a, a leading sacker of quarterbacks or running backs or a leading tackler by any means, but... Like when you needed that big stop, he was always the guy that was just conveniently there to make it. I'm kind of excited to see him come back. I'm sad that he didn't re-sign with the Bears, but the amount of money he wanted and the short-term contract that he said he wanted was just not something the Bears could really afford. So um, it makes sense for him to leave our team last year. I always hope for the guys that don't have to necessarily play us right away to do well, you know, when they're on opposing teams. As long as they don't go to like the Vikings or the Lions or the Packers, everything's fine in my book. So but that's all the NFL news I have. Where would you like to jump off to next?
0: Well, let's go into the MLB because we are into the World Series. It is currently tied 2-2 with a game tonight to try to break that tie. And apparently it was a big win for Tampa Bay because they needed it.
1: It was a weird win too last night. I don't know if you actually watched it, but there were two errors made on the play in order for Tampa Bay to win the game last night on the same play. So the outfielder who took the line drive to try to make the throw to home plate bobbled the ball in the outfield, rolled out of his glove as he was coming up to his hand to throw it. And then when the ball made it to home plate, they had the game-winning run hung out to dry because he had tripped coming around third base. So he was literally laying on the ground as the ball was getting to the catcher. They had him dead to rights. The problem is the catcher was so focused on the runner and not the ball that he misplayed the throw to home plate. And then the person laying on the ground was able to jump up and then slide across into home plate and score the game. See, it's never over
0: till it's over.
1: Literally, it was the ugliest thing I think I've seen in a long time. And
0: these were just unforced errors? Oh,
1: absolutely. Just pure mistakes.
0: Oh, goodness. Yeah.
1: This morning, it was pretty much the talk of most of the sports world.
0: No one is surprised. It
1: was It was ugly.
0: I think that's going to be weird, turning around and having a game the next day. Yeah. Because it's just like, where is your head even at after you mess up like that? Like, even if you're not talking about the individual players, like as a team, as a whole, coming into that next game, you either have to have it turned on and stay the whole time or you're gonna have to find something in you to make it click
1: yeah literally there's an article that is the main page of espn this morning world series 2020 tampa bay revel or tampa bay rays revel los angeles daughters disparage game four delivers baseball bliss Yeah, (laughs) it's just
0: man they really want to be a novelist whoever wrote that freaking title right sorry i don't like espn writers But they do have tonight's game and then a break. So I feel like whoever wins this next game, they're not going to love having this break, I think.
1: I'm going to show it to you right now so you can see the awful Oh, no,
0: son. What? Where's the the ball? Where's the ball? Where's the ball? Yep.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> like no. the sorrow that swept across oh, the Dodgers. Literally the head coach was just like, Ha ah, one of those moments and you then, need like, to go
0: back to practice. Yeah. And it get was, your catching under. It was
1: so ugly. Um,
0: I think whoever wins this game tonight is not going to like having that break just because they have the momentum at that point. Right. Especially if it ends up being the Rays, because they're not going to like having that break to get the Dodgers to get their heads in the game. Right. All High don't, School don't Musical 2 style. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's weird. That was weird.
1: You thought I was kidding how weird it was. Like,
0: Well, it looks weirder than talking about it.
1: Like, even watching it, I was anxious. <laughs> I was like, I really would not want to be a part of the Dodgers right now. That was so awful.
0: The thing you have to think about, too, is that outfielder messing up is what caused the catcher's brain to go, wait, this is wrong.
1: Well, it put the catcher in a very bad situation at home plate, like where he had to be focused on both things that were going on. And as somebody who was a catcher through a majority of their baseball playing days, I can tell you that. It's nerve wracking. You have to watch both because you want to time the hit with your catch so that you're not just like, okay, the ball's here. Oh God, I'm being hit. Like you want to try to get it ahead, but also place the tag properly. It was just bad in every circumstance.
0: My point being, if the outfielder hadn't messed up, this wouldn't have been a problem for them. Right. And so, like, your one unforced error is really two happening at the same time, basically.
1: The tying run, no matter what would have been scored, it just would have not been the end of the game. So, yeah, it's just... mm, It's an mmm moment, um, for sure.
0: (laughs) But the day we're recording, they're going to have the game in, like, a handful of hours. Yeah,
1: it's 7 o'clock this evening uh, on Sunday, so...
0: And then... The next games are going to be back-to-backs as well. They have the day off on Monday and then Tuesday, Wednesday, if necessary, for the Wednesday game. But that's all I have for Major League Baseball because that's all anyone really wants to talk about.
1: I have very little more. Okay. Um, Obviously, we were discussing it earlier. The MLB got their act together. They've gone now 54 straight days without a single positive COVID-19 case. Basically, the playoffs. And all of them have more or less been in bubbles, so that makes sense.
0: Funny how that works. Right.
1: Uh, also this week, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred says, this year's playoff format of 16 playoff teams will not exist next season. There's too many teams involved, and yeah. they're not going to do it again. It's a lot. Owners prefer a 14-team method, which would include a first-round buy for the number one team from each league, the American and National League, which I could get behind. Still yeah. still more teams than normal, but not that far off. Yeah. So. And then the weird news of the week. I always have one thing that I find in every segment, more or less, of this podcast. But Padres prospect Luis Campusano was arrested and charged with felony marijuana possession in Georgia this week. 79 grams is what he was arrested with in his possession. It's supposedly not the first time that this has happened. He made bail. His bail was only $5,000. I feel like Georgia was not trying to take advantage of the fact that He's probably going to get paid millions of dollars starting more than likely next season.
0: I have a weird, I don't know, mindset about this sort of thing. Because it's like, at this point, just make marijuana legal. Yeah. I mean, it is in some states, not in others. It's ridiculous. Just like...
1: I think you could probably still make marijuana illegal in large sums. Like, if you're carrying around ounces of marijuana, you probably really don't need to be in that situation.
0: Right. And... Like, then there's the whole, there are people in jail for marijuana charges in states where it is now legal. Yeah. Like, I have a whole thing about that that I don't like. I just, it's dumb.
1: And I I think I'd still be on board, too, with if it looks like you are trying to just sell marijuana, like you have all the things to sell it legally instead of going through the legal processes that would exist, maybe put charges on you as well still for that and... The carrying the firearm with drugs thing, too, would definitely be yeah. an issue for me as well still. But I feel like there are still a lot of charges that are out there in the jail system right now for just carrying marijuana. Like, in his instance, he lives in California. Okay. So it's legal in California. Now, should he have had it in Georgia where it's not legal? Probably not.
0: Well, definitely not because... Yeah possession. but right.
1: But at the same time it's just like if you're measuring it in grams he's probably not doing anything that bad. That's usually personal use
0: sizes. I have no idea what is and isn't personal use sizes but in my opinion I think this is a weird line for us to have to deal with as a country. Like it is here you're from here but then you go somewhere it's not and you still have it so now you're getting charged for it. Right. It's dumb. But I mean... Good on not trying to just take all of his salary, I guess, because, I mean, he makes money.
1: Yeah. At least he will be. He was in the minor leagues last year, so he didn't make that much money. Right, right. He's still one of their top prospects, so I'm sure he's getting paid pretty well. Yeah. But that's all the MLB news I have. I don't know if you have anything else. No. Perfect. On to the next thing.
0: So, in the NBA, their 2020 draft will take place virtually on Wednesday, November 18th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Apparently, ESPN, like, set up a studio to do this, and it's going to air on ESPN, ESPN Radio, and ESPN app. So, if it says ESPN on it, you're probably good to watch it. And the commissioner, Adam Silver, and deputy commissioner, Mark Tatum, is they will appear in studio to announce the selections for the first and second rounds, respectively.
1: I was having a conversation the other day about this being the digital style draft, and it, it still feels really weird to me, and I understand why they're doing it, but it's just... It's so strange because like I've well, been watching so many, used to. so many years and years and years of drafts where it's just like they didn't used to do these digital versions like you would be there and they would just have your jersey for you if they were going to pick you. And now it's like they just mail all these people hats and t-shirts and jerseys and things. So like I can't fathom if you're like one of the possible top prospects in the top five picks that you probably have like five or six teams worth of stuff there. Just like we hope we get a chance
0: to draft you. I wonder if you had to send it back.
1: I don't know. Like I would almost keep it as like that weird, awkward collection. Like I could have been drafted by any of these teams.
0: Well, it would be one of a kind. For sure. But I actually like the virtual drafts and I don't know that I liked the way the NHL one was because that's the only one I really watched. Just because I want them to have better connections, like internet connections for the people in their houses, but also better streaming so that it's easier to watch like right now i'm working on watching the crossfit games and like it glitches every few minutes and it's so tiring on your eyes and if i'm gonna watch a draft i want it to be like crisp quality like you guys have a lot of money in your league don't tell me you don't you know how to do a stream it is okay but i do actually like the style better even if the video quality is not as good
1: As somebody who works in the electronics world, I can tell you people don't take us seriously when we talk to them about good Wi-Fi and its importance. So I'm not shocked that a lot of these traps have really garbage streams.
0: Well, like with the (laughs) NHL first round that we were watching, there was one player that it was garbage quality. I think it was the guy from Germany. Yeah. I can't remember if it was or not, but
1: everything was super pixel. It was
0: blurry, pixels looked weird, and then, like, the delay was extreme, and, like, for me, that just makes me uncomfortable, and I don't like it because it's awkward. So if everyone could just have really good internet and really good streaming, this would be the way I want it to go forward with all the drafts.
1: Right. The NBA also is considering canceling the NBA All-Star game next year. They just realized that It's an event where the NBA spends a lot of money to get a lot of money in return and there's a chance that there will be no monies in return because they may not be able to have fans. Right. Which kind of makes sense. The
0: most you could do is sell like the all-star shirts and hoodies or whatever. Right. And no one really wants to buy a shirt for an event that they didn't actually (laughs) go go to. Yeah. So I can understand this. Yeah.
1: They also announced another new date of possible start. The NBA was contemplating January 18th at one point. Uh, Now they are gunning to try to start the season on the 22nd, uh, which would give them the ability to have a 72-game season versus the normal 82-game season that they run.
0: That's my mom's birthday.
1: December 22nd?
0: Oh, I thought you said January 22nd.
1: No. January 18th was the original date.
0: So they pushed it forward, not backward. Yeah, they
1: pulled. Weird. They pulled it way forward, December twenty second. They're trying to be the first league back, basically.
0: Well, that worked out well for the soccer leagues. Like their first two weeks of games were the highest viewed in forever. Yeah. So like that would make sense. Right.
1: And then we had some hirings this week. Amari Stoudemire has agreed to join Steve Nash's coaching staff for the Brooklyn Nets. The two of them played for the Phoenix Suns together. So. It's not a shock to see these guys reuniting now that Steve Nash is a head coach of a team. Uh, And Stoudemire was probably one of the better all-around players in his generation. So, like, he played good defensively as well as offensively. So, I would say he's probably not a bad guy to add to your coaching staff.
0: Well, then maybe you'd actually have some defense in the NBA. That'd be great.
1: Well, from time to time you get it. It's like little glimmers of, wow, that was defense. And then it's just like, oh, okay, now we have 150 points on the board. So, you know, there goes that. Dumb. The Pelicans also signed their head coach this week. They signed Stan Van Gundy as their new head coach to a four-year contract. Also this week, the Pacers hired Nate Bjorgen mm-hmm. as their head coach. He was the former assistant coach for the Toronto Raptors. So
0: When they won? When they got that ring? Yes. Oh, okay.
1: He was also their head assistant coach this year too, where they didn't win the
0: thing. Yeah.
1: But overall, with the playoffs, the NBA was able to salvage 1.5 billion dollars thanks to the Disney bubble and the playoffs. So they recovered By
0: having the playoffs By they hosting. recovered. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: The NBA's total cost for the actual events was $180 million.
0: And they recovered billions? Mhm. Yeah, I think you're good on your ROI.
1: Yeah. And concerns they still lost money during the times of not games being played obviously right, but right. still. But that's all the NBA news I have, I don't that's
0: know. That's not all the NBA news I have. Oh, exciting. So we are currently as of recording this episode less than two weeks out one week away when the episode actually does come out from the general election and so the nba and wnba are working to expand voting access and encourage people to get out and vote and they have their own hashtag for that and they've got things on their websites to help you figure out where you're supposed to vote and they're coming out and speaking about voting so that's good It is good. I haven't seen a push for voting like this since we were trying to elect Obama for the first time.
1: And even then, I don't think it was quite the same, necessarily.
0: Right. Well, because I think there are more dire consequences if Biden doesn't end up in the office. Right. But it is good to see. And, you know, we had been talking about before how they were opening up arenas for voting places. Right. So that's good.
1: Yeah, it's definitely... You're seeing a lot of the sports world rally around the idea of elections for the first time in a while. Like, they always talk about it like, you know, rock the vote and all that crap, but it's never really been quite to this level before, recently anyways. I'm excited by it. I think it's a good thing. I don't think it's not a, you know, an unhealthy situation. So that's good.
0: And then the last piece of NBA news I have will hopefully make LeBron shut up. So he... (laughs) Has been rated as a 98 in the NBA 2K21 right? or 2021 game, making him the highest rated player in the video game. And he's followed behind by one by Bucks star and two-time MVP Giannis. Giannis? Giannis. Giannis. It's, ya-
1: it's Giannis.
0: Giannis? Yeah. Look.
1: The last name is the one that should be the challenge.
0: Giannis.
1: Yeah, just
0: do it. But the NBA 2K21 is going to launch in early November for PS5 and Xbox Series X. Yep.
1: I'm halfway tempted to make like a YouTube channel of us just trying to pronounce athletes' names.
0: Look, I try.
1: Hey, I struggled with the one I had earlier too. So like you have your right to make fun of me too.
0: but I'm not a huge sports fan, and the one sport I am a fan of, they don't have that many weird names. I
1: don't know. There's some weird ones in the world of of hockey, just not as weird as, like, other sports.
0: The only one I think is weird for hockey is Jack Hughes, (sighs) because he comes from the French-speaking part of Canada, doesn't he?
1: No, he's an American. I've told you this about a number of times.
0: Uh, Well, then maybe his parents didn't realize it sounds like Jacques Hughes. Yeah. But we will move on to soccer. In the world of MLS, since I'm the only one who looks up MLS news, I will tell you what's happening. What's
1: the MLS?
0: So the playoffs are coming up (laughs) and they're planning on doing 18 teams qualifying for the postseason, which is four more than usual. Normally they have 14 and the last day of the regular season will be on November 8th, which is coming up. You already have some teams qualifying, but... You really don't have any idea what the playoff picture is going to look like yet. The postseason will begin on November 20th and conclude on December 12th. So there's about two weeks there in between the end of the season and the start of the postseason. And then I had talked about last week how the Supporters' Shield wasn't going to be awarded this year, and that was because it's an award that is awarded by the fans, so according to the mls but it goes to the team that has the highest regular season points total but since it's considered a fan award they didn't want to hand it out without fans which i get but there's been a lot of pressure since this announcement came out and so now the supporter shield will be awarded in 2020
1: If it makes you feel any better, I actually do have some of the standings for the MLS, which is crazy. That is shocking. Right now, as it sits, these are the teams that are in the playoffs.
0: There's not a lot, like I
1: said. Well, they have the top six right now from the Eastern Conference and currently the top eight from the Western Conference. They're... Not set in stone, but, like, the top three teams are pretty much going to be locked in place right now for each of them.
0: Well, you have in the Eastern three teams that have technically clinched. Yeah,
1: Philadelphia, Toronto, and Columbus.
0: And in the Western, no one is clinched. So there's not a lot of the playoff picture that you're actually set in stone looking at right now.
1: The top three teams would pretty much have to have miracles to be surpassed right now. They're not locked into these spots, but more than likely will be in the playoffs. Sporting Kansas City, Seattle Sounders, and Portland Timbers, which I'm not shocked by. Because for the most part, those teams are always near the top of the table all year long. But my Chicago Fire are... A game in hand, same amount of points for one of the final series playoff spots. So, like to play off to make the playoffs, right? Right. So we're just we're right there, and I'm like, all right, boys, maybe we qualify this year. Like it could could be exciting. Obviously, as you stated, there are a few games left, so there's a chance they just womp, 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 like every Chicago sports team does, where they give you a glimmer of hope of playoff opportunities. Yeah, at
0: least right now. Yeah. So, I can't
1: say that about my Bears, though. Still doing things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How is the world of international soccer going?
1: So, I took down a couple of scores from the Champions League. Obviously, your team, my team, and then the one weird upset that happened this week. Everything else was pretty much predictable as to the way the games went in the Champions League. Dortmund upset by Lazio 3-1. to Immobile was or Immobilier immobilier is the way to pronounce his actual name.
0: Immobilier? Yeah. Okay.
1: He was your striker only two years ago, and you dumped him. He scored the first goal on you guys within the first 10 minutes of the game. So it was definitely a kind of like, oh, you don't miss me? Well, here's a goal, and we'll score against you. And pretty much from that point on, the game was fairly well dominated by Lazio. It was a rough game for you guys. You traveled with one starting center back. So when it came to your defense, everybody else were midfielders that don't normally play defense due to COVID issues with your organization as well as injury issues with your organization currently. So, yeah, there's that that you guys are dealing with right now.
0: It happens. Um,
1: The good news is you guys won your game yesterday in the Bundesliga, so I guess you guys are all right. And then Bayern Munich defeated Atletico Madrid 4 to 0. It was not the city of Madrid's week in Champions League because that is where the upset game comes from. Okay. Shakhtar Donetsk was definitely supposed to be the team in fourth place in that group. They shocked and defeated Real Madrid 3 to 2 and won the game that they weren't even supposed to have a chance in. That so happens sometimes. It's it was interesting uh, to watch the highlights. It's doesn't really look like Real Madrid got beat that badly. They had more possession. They had more corners. They drew more fouls. All those things that usually add up to a win for a team. But uh, they gave up some pretty good goal opportunities on the other end too. So rough, rough go there. But to kind of stay with it, it's Premier League more or less is not really changed that much in the way things have added up this week. Currently, Wolverhampton and Newcastle are playing while we're having this discussion, so there's a chance that your team and my team will not be next to each other here shortly, but... We're currently
0: um, sitting next to each other on the table.
1: 14th and 15th, but Wolverhampton is also in seventh place. They've won three of their last five and lost the other two, so... Uh, There's always a chance that Newcastle pulls it off, but we've lost two, drawn one, and won two in our last five, so it's kind of a a messier method to uh, where the standings are, whereas Wolverhampton comes in on two wins, so they're pretty confident right now. But Everton is finally taking their first loss after their first draw, so they've won three of their last five. But they're
0: Um, still top of the table, right?
1: Yeah, by goal differential uh, over Liverpool. Liverpool has the same amount of points, 13 points. Aston Villa still sitting up up top in a weird way. The table got adjusted in kind of an ugly way this week again. Liverpool's really the only team that, I would have expected to be in the top five again. So I mean,
0: Crystal Palace is in sixth. They're not that far off.
1: But like the Man City's, the Chelsea's, the Arsenal's, they're all slipping down the roster in the top ten. Shoot, 13th, 14th, 15th is City, Newcastle, United right now, which is craziness. Uh, By
0: that you mean to say it's Man City, Newcastle, United, and Manchester United. Yeah. Because the way you said it, it just sounded like two things and not three yeah because New Newcastle gets, United. United yeah
1: you know what I meant though yeah. um but yeah you have Liverpool in second Aston Villa in third Leeds United in fourth which weird yeah they got added to the league this year so like what
0: who are you what yeah. are you doing up here
1: yeah kudos to them like they're playing very well
0: no you can't sit at our table
1: and then Southampton is rounding up the top five which really weird I don't know how I feel about it you told me that these things would be fixed. They were last week and then it went to absolute hell this week.
0: Well that's the curse of 2020. Things you expect to happen start to happen and then everything falls apart.
1: Yep. There is some more normalcy in the Bundesliga. The top three is relatively the same teams. Red Bull Leipzig continues to just kind of stay afloat up there in the top spot. Uh, by one point Bayern Munich and Dortmund right on their butts uh, with 12. Goal differential is where it differentiates between your team and my team right now. We have positive 14 goals versus our opponents, and you have positive nine
0: goals, so. I still say part of that comes from your one win with, like, nine goals or whatever that was.
1: It was, was six goals, but yes,
0: yeah. Too many
1: goals. Yeah. Followed by Stugart in fourth, and then Modern Gladbach in fifth. The weird ones that are kind of falling off, Hoffenheim was in the top group. Uh, they've lost two games in a row, so they're sliding down the table pretty quickly. So, That's the thing that's happened. But there's only been five games played so far in the Bundesliga, so...
0: What people have to realize is things get shaken up more and more early, but then you kind of get into this rhythm and everything becomes more consistent.
1: Right. But yeah, I think that's pretty much everything I have. I didn't really go into, like, news in the leagues. I figured just keeping you updated on standings is what most people really care about on our podcast.
0: Yeah. I will discuss, before we get into my favorite sport we'll talk about the CrossFit games because they are currently happening. And I completely forgot they are currently happening until I started to see stuff on social media last night. Right. So like almost all the way through the weekend and I realized, oh crap, the games are happening. Yeah. (laughs) And normally I am big on streaming the CrossFit games. You don't say. Like I have them on in the background all day long, all weekend long.
1: What's crazy about it usually is that you will have them on for every single stream. You have the schedule. You might as well write it down on our calendar. Like, no. you have it you have it memorized. And you're like, oh, this event's going on. Like, oh, but the teams are doing their things. Obviously, there's no team events this year thanks to COVID. So just single, single players all playing against each other right now.
0: Teams are doing things.
1: Are they? I didn't know there were teams events.
0: No, I am incorrect. That's
1: what I thought. For once, I know things about... Crossfit! Woo! Fake working out and rowing chin-ups. Yeah,
0: those things. Anyway, to avoid offending too many people. <laughs> so I started streaming stuff last night and to no one's surprise, Matthew Fraser is just killing it. And he is currently the top of the leaderboard by a solid 335 points. No biggie. With one day left to go. So... Matt Frazier is most likely going to be winning yet again.
1: He'd more or less have to zero out the rest of the events today, and the same person would have to win the rest of them, right? More well,
0: it's it's tighter lower down in the board because...
1: But I'm saying to, like, remove Fraser from the top.
0: I think it just really depends because Jeffrey Adler's in second with 440 points, but Samuel Kant is only 25 points below him. So I mean, if either one of them had the best day of their life and Matt Fraser had the worst day of their life, I still don't think they would get there. but that's,
1: that's what I was it would be trying to say. it
0: would be a tighter race yeah so
1: literally at this point he could just sit the rest of the events because there's what only three events today
0: I believe there's four.
1: okay so he'd have to play one of them really well and then he could just sit the rest of the events and nobody could realistically even catch right him. right.
0: And it's a similar story on the women's leaderboard. You have Tia Claire Toomey, 770, versus Katrin David's daughter in second with 480. So, like, she's a solid 290 points back from Tia Claire Toomey. And she would have to have the best day versus Tia having the worst day. And it still might not be enough. Yeah. Now, they are having this weird thing this year that they normally don't have where... It's like an effort score. So if you come in last and you put in zero effort to finish, you get zero points versus the 15 minimum for finishing in fifth. Yeah. So it, I really wish that they had at least warned the guy during the run at the end of the first day. Oh, did he get, get any points? He got points. I oh. wish... I wish they had warned him or, like, taken points away from him. Because Because there were
1: times where he was just barely walking. He
0: realized that he was not going to come anywhere near anyone else. So, why
1: overexert himself? And so,
0: he literally was walking the last, like, mile of this six-mile run. And it's a trail run, so it's harder, and I get that. But you're supposed to be competing for the fittest on Earth, and you're freaking walking. And a lot of that walk that you did was downhill for the end of the race. Right. And I wish they had at least said, hey, man, pick up the pace. At least said something. Because you do get a warning before you get zero points. But I haven't caught up completely to where they're at at this point. I still have like three or four events before I'm caught up to today. But as far as I can tell, it's just Toomey and Frazier beating the crap out of everyone else like always and you know you would think that'd be really interesting to watch but i actually think that's really boring yeah. because there's no race for it like everyone's basically going through the motions for second and third place at this point yeah and like you do win money for at least podium making the podium right but I mean, you're not gonna win, and you know you're not gonna win at this point in the weekend.
1: I, I feel I feel like the whole event was kind of just weird in comparison to years past. So like, well, I you kind have of, I could kind of see how maybe they're more prepared for the event, but it's like how nobody knows what's gonna happen. It's just all weird stuff, though.
0: Well, but you do have standards for certain things, so you you know there's gonna be a run, you know there's gonna be a swim, you know you're gonna have some sort of ladder for weights, like. Yeah. You just, you have to be on top of pretty much everything, like always. I just, there's no fans, so people are saying they're not putting out as much effort as they would if there were fans there, because they don't have them to pump them up.
1: I can see that argument.
0: I also think, you know, with with how much controversy has that has surrounded CrossFit during yeah. COVID, and then you have the controversy about them just having five fans, people to compete and it's like you know you're not gonna get the underdog who just comes through out of nowhere and kicks someone's butt just because they want it and like that's the kind of sports story everyone loves that's what sports movies are about What they're made about and just you're not gonna have that because you have the five people and you don't have anyone to come from behind and win it all right but I'm still watching it. I have watched all of the first day and one event for the second day. So we'll see what happens with the rest of the weekend. But it'll all be over by the time this episode comes out. So maybe we can tweet about who wins. Prepare to be shocked. Right. It's the same as every year. <laughs> it's like when Rich Froning wouldn't stop coming to the games for a while.
1: I don't know what that means.
0: He won four years in a row, and then I I figured as much. And then he started training, and then he started doing teams. So he trains other people now, yeah. And he also is on a team, but I guess teams aren't doing it this year, nope. So
1: that makes actually a whole lot of sense. That does make
0: a lot of sense. I just for some reason forgot that they canceled the teams,
1: yeah.
0: And then my favorite sport we can finally talk about the NHL.
1: I almost totally forgot about it. I was ready to just be like oh, because I don't have normally anymore, no. we
0: start with the NHL it's... and people don't like that, so I moved it to the end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Save the best
0: for last. Definitely know. the best. Yeah, but the deputy commissioner Bill Daly, Daly came out and said that while the NHL is still aiming to play 82 games this next season, starting on January 1st, it might not happen thanks to COVID concerns and. I put as always everything is up in the air thanks to COVID and like you have health and safety concerns you've got fan concerns I personally think that they should do divisional bubbles at the start and just do all of one division is at one arena and you play each other until you're done with all your divisional games right and then like switching things out here and there so that you can play the people who aren't in your division but You'd have to figure out a lot of logistics to make that happen and it would have to be a lot bigger than the playoffs were because I don't think it's possible to say all of the East goes here, all of the West goes here and you guys all play each other until you're done with your conferences because that ice would be wrecked so bad. Like it was bad enough at the start of the playoffs and when we were playing into the playoffs and I don't imagine it would be any better when you had 15 or 16 teams all in the same place.
1: Yeah, I think what you realistically would have to do is find in each division an area where you have facilities like maybe two ice rinks to break it all up a little bit. Like LA would have obviously LA and Anaheim, and right. you could drop yourself in the middle of Orange County somewhere and have that capability. Obviously, in Chicago, you have Northwestern's hockey facilities, which is one of the best hockey facilities. You could do that for the Central, or you could even do it here in Dallas. Realistically, you have the Allen Americans, which are, well, they were an AHL team. Now, I think they're like a WCHL team. But it's still a National Hockey League size rink, right. in Dallas area, North Dallas area, and then I would start to struggle. Like obviously, the Northeast would be an easy one. You'd have New York and New York. You'd have the Islanders and technically and the they're Rangers. not
0: both in New York, but yeah, yeah.
1: And then you could do what in it, it would the weird one would be definitely the one to the south. Yeah, like I, I just can't fathom an area that would be really great for that.
0: All I can think of is you have Florida Panthers and then the Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay, but I don't think they're that close to each they're other. They're not. So, so that would you, be the struggle. You would have to split half seas there, and yeah, then and, and then swap teams around.
1: Yeah, just have like a designated travel plane or something. I don't know. It it would be weird. Yeah, it, it would be strange for sure.
0: We'll have to see how everything shakes out. We're still, quote unquote, in the off season. Right. So I think when it comes closer to teams coming back for camps, you're going to get a better picture of what it's going to look like. True. I think January 1st is still a weird date, considering it's a week after Christmas. And and we aren't even back for All-Star Game most of the time. And
1: considering that's normally the time for the Winter Classic. So... True. Speaking on that, though, the NHL postponed both that and the All-Star game. Yeah, I'm Um, not
0: surprised. Those are fan events, and you can't have fans.
1: Yeah, so like last year, they had the Winter Classic here in Dallas at the uh, Cotton Bowl, which I couldn't fathom would be one of the coolest ones, but it was the highest attended Winter Classic game, but it's just because Cotton Bowl has the most seats and standing room tickets ever sold to the game, so...
0: People would want to leave their actual cold climates to, to come, come to Dallas where it's,
1: it was cold, but it wasn't that cold right. necessarily. Like we, I think we were probably what in like the fifties when that happened last year. Forties, yeah, forties, fifties range. Though so. there was
0: one day we were in the sixties around that time. Yeah, so but. I mean that would be better than what we were gonna do. We were gonna go to the one in Chicago when our teams were, we're playing literally each other. Blizzarded. Yes. I'm glad we didn't do that. To the point
1: where you wouldn't have even been able to see the hockey game from where you were sitting. Yeah. So Yeah. I'm
0: glad we didn't do that. But me too. I do want to go to one eventually, but at the same time, now is not the time to start thinking about that. In the time of COVID.
1: Correct. But speaking of delays, the 2021 World Juniors uh, was pushed back a month start time. What's weird is they're the 2021 World Juniors, but they were supposed to start in November of this year. Um, Makes sense. But they will be beginning on December 25th, and they'll be ending currently uh, based on the scheduling of January 5th, 2021.
0: December 20 what's now?
1: 25th. Why? I, I had to double check that twice. But
0: Why? I, they had Why do to- they want to ruin Christmas?
1: By like having hockey? I don't know how that's ruining Christmas.
0: I mean, they don't get to be with their families for Christmas. Yeah. Um,
1: they, I mean,
0: it would make my day better to watch hockey instead of talking to my family, but...
1: They will be utilizing a, the same bubble as they did in Edmonton, so it's going to oh, be... Oh, okay. They're utilizing the Edmonton bubble as their their Edmonton's playoff. just yeah.
0: making bank. Yeah.
1: Yeah, hosting both
0: back-to-back, which is pretty crazy. Yeah.
1: But yeah, that's that news that I have for the NHL other than signings this week. I so. have more
0: news than you do. Ooh, ooh. The Blackhawks coach Jeremy Cullitton. Cullitton. That's the one. Yep. He came out this week and said that the veterans of the team need to set an example during their planned transition period. Yep. So and that's a
1: very coachy thing to say after your GM is a dunce. So
0: this aligns with an open letter that the Blackhawks PR team sent to fans earlier this week. And a point that was made in the letter was that. They have a commitment to working with their young players and rebuilding their roster. End quote.
1: What's really irritating is we didn't really have that awful of a season last year. We beat the number one offense to even qualify for the Stanley Cup playoffs in the NHL. So I I don't know how I feel about it.
0: I think there were some players that you couldn't keep financially and some players you couldn't keep because of their ego. And so your GM's like, I'm just gonna make this work however I can and pick pieces here and there and it's rough and it's hard to deal with but the basic mentality it seems to be from your team right now is if you want to get back to the right side of this rebuild you need to pitch in yeah. and you can't just whine and complain about getting rid of players you like and I get that but as a fan that's also really like that makes me bristle and like my first stand on end because like you don't want that like going into a rebuild you don't want that mentality
1: or the negativity of it like you can have a rebuild and do it right and the way they're handling it is not
0: no I turn into a prickly pear
1: it's said best by ex-blackhawk john scott who basically called out the gm for being an idiot for allowing his organization to release a statement like that you Um, read
0: the whole pr letter to me and I was like what are you reading Oh, yeah. This is insane.
1: Yeah. It's definitely something that should have been an internalized memo amongst players and coaching staff, possibly, but that should have been it. It should have never made it the light of day to the public.
0: And if you read it and, like, see through all the PR, like, hype words that their buzzwords are trying to, like, cover up the real message, it's a real negative letter, actually. Like, they're they're trying to say, stick with us. We'll get through this rebuild together. We'll work on our younger players. We'll have our veterans to bring in like this anchor to our team. And instead, it sounds like someone's about to die.
1: Yeah, the, the big issue I really had with it was more so anything. And I think the players had the right to state their opinions. They should always be able to say what they're, what's on their mind. And I think right. that PR stunt was literally to kind of squash all of that and make the fans feel better about what the players are saying. Within the organization, because like honestly, when we let Crawford go, the only solution was to go out and get a starting goalie, and we didn't even make an effort. Right. Like we made no offers to anybody. There were rumors that we made offers to Hudobin here in Dallas, but again, rumors. Who the hell knows? We might not even have done that.
0: Well, like, and this was the time to pick up a goalie if you're gonna get a goalie, because they were it's the saturating the they market were everywhere. And. If you've got goalies saturating the market, it doesn't mean it's a good time to be a goalie. It means it's a great time to be a GM because you can pick up a decent goalie at a decent price. price. And they just didn't go out and do that. And, like, you've got this player that you traded for that was a crap trade. And you basically handed the Western Conference to another team. Yeah. And then, what is this? Like, I... I don't understand your GM's moves. And this is coming from a girl whose GM makes nonsense moves every single year.
1: They always work but out. But they always come GM's together. Don't. <laughs> um.
0: And I don't see how you're going to make it through this rebuild The same team you were in the 2010s when you were winning Stanley Cups every
1: few years. I think morale is going to be in the literal toilet amongst the team right now. Literally? Yeah, I really do. However, on the goalie situation, I understand. I I wish we would have signed somebody else and then maybe just let Subban's contract expire. I might be surprised by Subban. I, I have high hopes
0: He only played one game for you guys. Like, you don't know
1: what we're going to get from him. We really don't. And I'm hoping that the GM's right and he made the right decision. Obviously, I want my team to win. But at the same time, I know that we have a lot of qualified goalies coming up through our AHL system that could be future starters. But if you're not going to go after a goalie, make it abundantly clear. Come out and say, hey, you know what? We're not shopping goalies because we have faith in what we have coming up through the AHL. Build confidence. Don't be negative. There's so many ways that it could have been handled better. And it's like, you're a GM of a national hockey team. How is your PR team this garbage? Well,
0: I mean, I'm less concerned with what the team is saying because it's a load of waffle and like I'm more concerned with how they're saying it because the tone behind these messages is everyone's morale is in the garbage right and we need to piece a team together in the next two and a half months and I don't know that that's going to be possible if you aren't able to fix the morale problem. I think that's a bigger issue than these bad moves. Like the bad moves are bad, but you can get over that by changing how you do things, reworking players, like you can work with a bad move. I don't think you can work with a bad morale. Yeah,
1: and like, don't get me wrong, as somebody who manages people, obviously not in a sports facility type way, but it's the same thing. If there's a negative morale, you need to fix it. You can't you can't be negative on top of the negativity. That's right. not how you fix negativity. You can't come to him and go, hey, guys, we're the worst, and we need to fix it. Like, you can't say that. You come to him with solutions. Like, hey, this is how we are going to fix the dilemma that we have, and these are the plans that I have to make it work. Which, like, if he had done that, I feel like both, A, the fans, would have maybe been a little more on his side, don't get me wrong. The fans hate Bowman. We all want him fired. I'm right there on the table with the rest of everybody else. But it's because of stupid things that he does like this. Right. right? It's just like you have no explanation as to why you're doing what you're doing. You're just doing it.
0: Well, and... I think a lot of GMs don't come out and say this is why I made this move because you have 30 other teams who are keeping an ear open for what the heck you're planning. Right. And like I get that, but your fans need some sort of confidence.
1: I I can tell you right now, as a Chicago sports fan, we are notoriously loyal to an end that is ridiculous. Like, we'll follow our team to their literal demise. The dilemma is, we don't want to be kicked while we're down. Right. And that's literally what he did. And that's what the PR statement did. It did not make me feel any better about the situation. I knew we were already in a crummy spot. Like. We were already between a rock and a hard place. I understood that. I didn't need the organization to be like, there's going to be a bright side of the tunnel on the other side, but it's going to be disgusting until then. Like well, It's like we all realize that.
0: Again, more my problem is the message behind the message, like why they felt it was necessary and the actual tone between all the waffling. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, something we're going to have to watch out for. See if they can clean up their act in the next couple months.
1: I'm totally going to figure out a way to come out with some type of shirt for us that says load of waffles, plex and pages somehow, some way, shape or form. Just Um, have a stack of waffles. Yeah. Because that was, that was entertaining. When I heard that, I was like, hmm, load of waffles. I I think you're
0: just hungry. Yeah. But I do have a few signings. And before I get to that, I have Doc Emmerich has retired after 50 years-ish of being a sports broadcaster. Yeah. I... I was surprised and not surprised. Like, after this year, why not? Like, yeah. you really want to keep going? <laughs>
1: 2020, wrap it up. Um... He started
0: his broadcasting career in 1973, so just under 50 years. And he became the radio play-by-play voice of the Port Huron flags in the IHL. So he started from the bottom, now he's here.
1: He's been the voice of the NHL in Stanley Cup playoffs for a long time. Oh, yeah. As far back as I can remember anyways. And he's been involved in a lot of moments in my team's championship series. Like his call of the Kane goal that nobody thought had scored was the greatest thing I think in the history of our organization so I it's 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 sad to see him go because his voice is synonymous with Stanley Cup playoffs and NBC Sports's broadcasts of hockey games right but at the same time it's like guy's old he's got kids and grandkids that he never really gets to spend time with because he's always traveling for the Stanley Cup this year he radio broadcasted in he wasn't even at the games well
0: part of that was they wanted to keep him safe because of his age yeah so like I can completely understand them doing that. And, you know, he has called almost 4,000 hockey games and 22 Stanley Cup finals. That's nuts. So, I mean, that's a lot of hockey. Like, I thought I liked hockey. Yeah. This man loves hockey.
1: Like, listen, I'm I'm going to be, what, 32 this year? And he's covered everything since I was 10 years old. Yeah. Stanley Cup game-wise. Like, that's mind-boggling. Like, that's so much. And the 4,000 games of hockey, holy crap crap that's a lot of hockey like,
0: 82 games a season yeah and then that's nuts yeah it's it's insane
1: but he doesn't call all 82 games a season that's the thing like, that's
0: true that is true so you that's think, a lot of years that's a lot of years yeah and he's got a lot of good calls and i don't know it's gonna be weird when he's not calling it next next year right but before i get too sad about that we're gonna move on to signings yeah I actually want to start with the last signing I wrote down, which is Marco Rossi, who was selected by the Wild in the first round of the 2020 NHL draft on October 6th, has signed a three-year entry-level contract on Friday. The Wild GM, Bill Guerin, said, he believes in himself. He's going to bet on himself. If he can come in and play well enough, he can make the team. Right. So, you know, someone's just leaving the NHL. Here comes someone coming into the NHL. And I think it's kind of quick, but he's also someone who's been playing hockey. He hasn't just been on the side.
1: It's true. What other signatures do you have?
0: I have Nikita Nesterov signed a one-year $700,000 contract with the Calgary Flames on Friday. The defenseman spent the past three seasons playing for the C-S-K-A Moscow in the KHL.
1: Yep, c Moscow.
0: That's the one. Mm-hmm. And the last time he played in the NHL was 2016-2017 season with both the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Montreal Canadiens. Correct. There was also Travis Dermott signing... Sure. Yep. Signing a one-year $874,125 contract on Friday with Maple Leafs. Weird number, but Okay. But he's going to probably have to fight for a position, given the fact that the Leafs are currently stacked with defensemen. They have nine defensemen, six spots. Yep. Three players will not get the rose.
1: Which is good for their salary cap, I guess. They move some people.
0: I guess. They're going to have to fight for it in camp. And Travis came out and said he's looking forward to that fight. So. Yeah,
1: he was an up and down guy for them last year when it came to that roster spot whether he was on the third or second defensive pairing. So I could see him making it. It's just gonna have to work real hard for it.
0: Yeah. And then the last signing I have is Josh Lavo signed a one year eight hundred and seventy five thousand dollar contract with the Calgary Flames on Saturday. He scored nineteen points in thirty six games for Vancouver Canucks last season, but He sustained a fractured kneecap on December 21st of 2019, and he has been unfit to play since then. Yeah. Hopefully he's recovered or recovering. We'll have to wait and see.
1: I have some more sayings. What's funny is you have pretty much all the ones I didn't have, and I'm going to have the other ones. Sounds good. So well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. The New Jersey Devils signed Dmitry Kulikov to a one-year $1.15 million contract. Kulikov was overall a mediocre defenseman last year. Like, he didn't play bad. He didn't play great. So, it makes sense that he gets a one-year contract for about one mil.
0: It seems like a lot of teams are going for the one-year. But, I mean, it's also that time of the off-season. Like, you're not signing your main guys. Your main guys are already signed.
1: Yeah. The Vancouver Canucks re-signed forward Jake Vertanen to a two-year $5.1 million contract. The Flames signed an ex-Penguin Dominic Simone to a one-year $700,000 contract. I know that name. Yep. And so now you have no Dominics on your team. Congratulations, you've eliminated them.
0: We used to have a lot of dominance you on our had two of team. them, at
1: least at one point. The Senators re-signed Connor Brown to a three-year $10.8 million contract. And then the local team here, the Dallas Stars, re-signed Dennis Gurionov, which we all knew was coming. It was just a matter of how many dollars they were going to pay this kid because he was creating all sorts of offense for them. Right. Two-year, $5.1 million. So That's
0: a decent contract. Pretty yep.
1: decent contract to come yep. off of your rookie contract, for sure. Um, but that's all the signings I have. That fills up. I think most of the big ones. I was kind of shocked that you picked the littler ones. I think I just went after all the big dollars. Yeah.
0: Well, and you still have the concern right now of we're coming into the salary arbitration. And that's going to be happening in the next week. You still have a lot of names who are up for that, which is why I didn't sit down and write down all the players who are still up for arbitration. That technically starts on Monday, I believe, and goes for the next two weeks. And I thought there would be more players signed by this point, but there's a lot of names still on that list that have not.
1: And then the trade deadline now is active again. So the thing Yeah. doesn't... Uh end until February 24th at 3 p.m.
0: That is so far away from now. That is very many months from now yeah. and I'm not a fan. Yeah. All those trade windows do is make my heart work twice as hard.
1: Yeah, there's already articles being written about which players are gonna be traded already and it's just like the trade window just opened yesterday, cut us some slack. Like
0: That's the thing that I really don't like about sports is the rumor mills are worse than when I was in high school. And like I really would like that to go away.
1: <laughs> You're not wrong, I guess, in that instance. They're definitely on on the nose with that one. Um it's a never ending thing to keep up with and that's why we usually try to keep it off our show for sanity's sake but
0: well rumors aren't news well they
1: they can be they can lead lead to news very quickly
0: news is news and rumors are rumors that's all i have to say about that okay but thank you guys for listening we'll make sure to link all of our social media in the show notes for you
1: and we'll catch you next time for the book episode thank uh, god on thursday catch you then guys have a good one bye
0: Bye.